Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And we are back for part two of our chat with a truly iconic Canadian and music fanatic as well. Hockey Night in Canada's Mr. Ron McLean. Ron, thank you so much for coming back. Pleasure, Brent. There's no sleep for you either. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Well, as, as we had discussed on episode one, I got down to about 40 songs and I was ready to murder you and anybody else that was connected with this show for having challenged me to pick 10. Uh, and you were kind enough to say, well, Ron, let's do 20. And, and it's nice because as I explained uh, in the other episode, to me, they're a thank you card either to someone who influenced me or some artist who influenced me. And, uh, you know, like everybody who's ever done an acceptance speech for anything, you walk away thinking, oh, for God's sakes, how could I forget to mention so-and-so? Yeah. So 20 gives us uh, twice the chance. Oh, that's a good start. <laughs> that's right. We'll look, we'll look at the other 20 later on. <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay, so the, the first show that we did, a great batch of songs. Uh, you've got... A lot more of the same, actually. There are some fantastic tunes. We're going to start it off with uh, Rod Stewart and Maggie May. Which is kind of a, a, it's my lucky song. So I loved Rod Stewart, saw him many times in concert, uh, admired him kicking soccer balls out into the crowd and all that stuff. But yeah. uh, back when Faces and uh, Rod were you know, sort of influencing my youth, uh, I just loved that gravelly voice. And, uh, you know, he was kind of Sinatra, but with a mouthful of rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, great singer. Uh, but the song became a favorite. I don't think there's really a lyric within it that uh, grabs me. I mean, I love the idea of obviously the young boy being mentored and I love the idea of the morning sun in your face really shows your age. Mm. It's an image that I really latch on to, of course. Uh, But I I loved the song a lot. And then in 1984, I got a call out of the clear blue. I was a disc jockey, program director at CKRD Radio in Red Deer. Mm -hmm. And I was the TV weatherman at CKRD Television. And I got a call from John Shannon in Calgary, a producer with Hockey Night in Canada, said, Ron, TSN has begun their operation. They're hiring a lot of the Alberta guys away to Toronto. John Wells and Peter Watts from Edmonton and Jim Van Horner, broadcaster in Calgary. They're all going to TO. We need a guy to host the Calgary Flames telecasts in Calgary. We'd like you to consider the job. I was just blown away, and I couldn't believe it. So I went down to the station in Calgary, and I walked into the receptionist, Lee, and I said... uh, Lee, it's, I'm Ron McLean. I'm here to see Mr. Shannon about the job with the Calgary Flames. And she said, oh, Ron, that's just great. There's eight other men here auditioning today. You just go and have a sit over there in the reception area. She said, actually, Ron, your audition won't be. And I had no idea that I was going to an audition. I thought oh. I was going to get the job, right? Just going to sign the sign contract. Uh, yeah. So my heart went through my chest as it would. And she said, Ron, your audition's not slated for about an hour and 40 minutes if you want to come back. And so I did. I went to a Dairy Queen and got a Mr. Misty and I drove along the Bow River in Calgary and tried to settle myself down and came in and did the audition and I was horrible. Uh, but John did want me. He, he, he was going to hire me. I was 24 years old. Okay. Uh, and I remember getting in the car on the way back to Red Deer, Alberta, my home, and on came Maggie May, and I always go by that. I always, when I get in the car, the first thing I do is fire on the radio, and the first song tells me if I'm going to have a good day or a bad day or a lucky day. Mm-hmm. And I considered Maggie May by Rod Stewart my lucky song, and when I heard it, the moment I turned the ignition, I thought, you know what? I must have won the audition. I didn't think I was very good, but I wouldn't have heard that song had I not won the audition, and it was true. I had wow. won the audition. So, And then uh, years later, I was telling Carl Dixon, who uh, filled in for the guests. Who, you know Carl? He was just here two weeks ago. Oh, my God. Well, He's on the show. I could play you somewhere in here in my phone. I have a recorded version of Maggie May by Carl Dixon. He, he performed it live for me up at... Uh, oh, Ron, get a hold of yourself. We're up in Kawartha's... Uh, <laughs> Halliburton. Mm. We were in Halliburton, mm-hmm. and uh, we were having a beer after our telecast, and Carl was there chatting it up. And uh, what Carl said to me is, you know, that music's great when there are imperfections. Yes. He said some of the best music ever has mistakes. Well, Otherwise, it it's not soulful, right? And I said, well, give me an example of a song that has imperfections. And he says, well, Maggie May by Rod Stewart. Like, uh, I almost fell off my chair. I couldn't believe interesting. that he picked my favorite song, one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And uh, for those who don't know Carl's story, so you did a show? You did the show with him? He was here th- three weeks ago, four oh weeks God. ago. So and he's was, coming back, actually. I good. Think he's back here next week. Well, they're incredible, him and his wife. He had a bad car accident in Australia and came yeah. through it, and he's a miracle guy and done a lot of great music in his life. But uh, he, he taught me that, that that song was a bit of a... Uh, tragedy from start to finish and I couldn't hear it I wasn't an expert in music uh, and he played it for me live right there in the bar in Halliburton and I have it on my phone and when I want to get a 
bit of luck going my way. I just have to fire up Carl Dixon. and That's so cool. And we're there. So that's that's the reason for Maggie Mae. That is great. I remember I said to Don Cherry, I was telling him the story for Hockey Night in Canada. We were doing a little bit in a car. Yeah. And I said, Don, my thing is to turn the radio on and whatever song I hear, you know, good luck, happy day, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I said, like, my favorite song to turn on the radio and hear is... Uh, well, actually, it's another song on this list, too. But uh, I says, Maggie May by uh, Rod Stewart. And Don Cherry looks at me, and his eyes are all afire. And he says, well, why, Rod? Did you know a girl named Maggie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, he was funny. He's just uh, still got it going, that Don. Still in the bit. But, yeah, so Maggie May is, is good fortune. And now, it used to be Rod Stewart for me, but now it's Carl Dixon that I think of when I hear that. That is incredible. Yeah. yeah, he is a fantastic guy. He was here. I'm glad, yeah. Absolutely he, gracious. Brought his guitar. Yes. He, well, he had his guitar with him that night, obviously, to play the song, and he played it with guitar. And I, I've often thought about the Humboldt Broncos bus crash uh, where we lost 15 people. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Carl was, uh, you know, so lucky to get through a horrible car crash, and, mm-hmm. you know, it cost him an eye, it cost him a ton. Uh, but he made it all the way back. Uh I wanted uh, to somehow link Carl with the survivors, but right now it's still raw and it's confusing and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to accept hope. It's hard to receive help. You know, you don't need any more experts coming in and telling you how to go about it. They're they're doing a good job in Humboldt, yeah. but I honestly think if there's a guru for them, that guru is Carl Dixon. Yeah, well, he actually does um, speaking on the topic. Yes, you know, he goes around and actually speaks about how he recovered and. I gave him a sweater, a hockey sweater. When I read his book, I was so inspired. When I went to Halliburton, I knew he was going to be doing some music uh, during the day at our hometown hockey festival. Oh, okay. So I brought him Phil Esposito's uh, Team Canada sweater. That's awesome. 1972, just to give it to, you know, they came back. They were down three games. Uh, I don't know if folks know, but Canada was in a tough hole in the series in 1972, and they found a way to rally. And even though Paul Henderson gets all the credit for scoring the goals, Phil was our leader. And so I gave... Carl Dixon, a Phil Esposito, oh, Team Canada awesome. 72 sweater, yeah, to that's thank great. him for his leadership. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he appreciated it. Yeah. yeah, oh, he did. You could tell. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Oh God, yeah. Oh, that's great. All right, your next tune, sir, is uh, I like this pick: England Dan and John Ford Coley. So that's, that's Todd Rundgren. Yeah, and uh, Todd wrote, uh, "Can we still be friends? Can't we still be friends?" Yeah, which is another song, kind of in the same motif. Uh, he wrote, "Hello, it's me." He is yes. a. He he has some really sad, beautiful, uh, penetrating lyrics about uh, relationships. Um, But this song I chose for the Olympics in Sydney to close the Olympics in 2000. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, again, it's not a hard uh, lyric to figure out. Love is the answer. Um, It's about, you know, overcoming everything that you've been through and resorting to love, which is an emotion. So it's hard to trust emotions, right? Mm -hmm. And that's funny enough. Carl Dixon's book is all about emotional uh, lack of control. The emotions will loop in your head and take over your brain and can lead to all kinds of trouble. But Love is the Answer uh, by by England Dan and John Ford Coley. I played for Kathy Freeman, was a runner, a 400-meter runner, and she was Aboriginal, a woman, and an Australian. And she was the poster woman for the Games in Australia in 2000. All the pressure in the world on her. And when she crossed the finish line, Brent, she'd been wearing a funny tracksuit with a hood. Yep. Uh, and she peeled the hood off, and she collapsed onto the rubber, you know, Mondo track. And I just thought, is this right have we put too much pressure on her, you know, that she can only feel complete relief and nothing but? There's no joy in that face, mm-hmm. no excitement. Uh, she was running on behalf of so many great agendas, women, aboriginals, a country, a small country. And when she did it, uh, I thought maybe we have hyped it to an extent that we're hurting people. But I talked to a speed skater named Johan Olaf Koss from Norway, and he said, no, Ron, we athletes, we want that pressure. We thrive on that pressure. We, we expect nothing less than all mm-hmm. that. So don't worry about that. Uh, anyway, I, I played Love is the Answer, and there's a moment when Kathy Freeman is coming around the 300-meter turn, and all the flash bulbs go off, and that's yeah. the exact moment when we play that. So when you're feeling down, and oh, my God, it's a, it was the great greatest video I was ever a part of, and uh, it's just a beautiful song. Jeff Lumby was a radio announcer. He kind of got me wired to the song. We were having a pizza party one night where we flipped uh, vinyl records and flipped pizzas, and they kind of look alike, right? One <laughs> yeah. to the left is vinyl, one to the le- right is dough, and that was the theme of the party, is those two great circles, and uh, that was Jeff Lumby's pick, and I and Jeff was a, he's a big believer in Anne Rind. He's a self-made, you know, he'd like Trump. Yeah. He'd like, uh, Jeff was a hardliner and a self-made individual and had no time for wishy-washy 
stuff. Hmm. And then he picked Love is the Answer as a song, and it was like, you might as well have peeled his face off and shown me a new one. Yeah. And I thought, good, good. You know, there again, the universality, the humanity, the this and that of us all. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I got hooked on Love is the Answer, and then I found out it was Todd Rundgren, and that, that just made it even more special because yeah. uh, Rundgren is a amazing songwriter. Definitely. Okay, next is uh, Jerry Rafferty in Baker Street. I love this tune, too. Yeah, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, your your book, uh, All My Favorite People Are Broken. Uh, I have a fair number of people that are broken that I adore. You're going to hear two in a row, I think, here. Yeah. Jerry Rafferty is, uh, you know, he died, I don't know at what age, I think uh, 62, but, you know, he, he, he fell victim to alcohol addiction and... Uh, such a great, I mean, the song itself speaks for itself. The harmonies, the melody, uh, it's, you know, I love, for me uh, as a broadcaster, that line of, you know, you used to say that it was so easy. You used to think that it was so easy, but you're trying. You're trying now. Yeah. Another year and then you'd be happy. Another year, one more year and you'd be happy. But you're crying. You're crying now. Um, God, I love I love the sax. I love the oh, yeah. lyrics. I love everything about the album, even Steeler's Wheel. You know, he, everything he ever did was uh, beyond belief. Uh, stuck in the middle with you. Oh yeah, uh, you're a star. Uh, yeah, Jerry. Jerry for me, uh, because he was a broken human being. Uh, when he sings right down the line, you know, knowing it was another time he'd fallen off the wagon and he disappointed his loved one and he. He's scrambling through song to uh, to write thank yous and to write apologies and just revealing so much of his heart. And he had, you know, some bitterness in him. Funny, you and I were talking before the show about Paul McCartney, and uh, I think he thought the Beatles were overrated. I don't think he... He oh, was really? a very exacting, very demanding musician, Jerry. He didn't appear in America. He wouldn't take the bait and take money and play in the United States. Really? Oh, God. I didn't know that. He was a, He was an introvert. Uh, I think, you know, partly because he was a functional alcoholic, uh, yeah. you know, he just couldn't do the tour. Um, I shouldn't say that without knowing it fully, but uh, I do know that he he had that darkness, right? He had mm-hmm. a little bit of blackness in his, uh, in his cynicism. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as I keep coming back to Heraclitus is the one, the uh, great philosopher who said, we are not this or that, we are both. Uh, and he was, uh, he was able to muster these most beautiful songs I could go on and on about all of them but Baker Street I always when I'm driving Brent and Baker Street comes on and it yeah. finishes and I know he died tragically I always pet the dashboard stupid thing but I pet the dashboard really? yeah and I say you did a good job Jerry you did a good job that's great even now I get emotional thinking about it yeah I love that yeah he was a, he was a great uh, and that's so that's a lucky song too that that for me I mentioned Maggie May is lucky I think probably the the greatest for me to turn on the radio and hear Jerry Rafferty is like wow you know yeah this is my day yeah <laughs> love him yeah yeah that's fantastic Ron next Pancho and Lefty, Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard. Yeah, so but it's Towns Van Zant wrote it. So the this is another story of a song I heard first at one of those Brad Richards golf tournaments on Prince Edward Island, and we always went down to Brad's, and we'd always have a rap party, just a private get together, and we would kind of pick songs that mean a lot. But this one night was kind of midway through the tournament, and we were up uh, drinking beers and just yakking in the kitchen, and there was a, a song list playing in the living room, mm-hmm. and whenever this song would start, Pancho and Lefty, by Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard, it it jumped out at you. It just off the page, and you you I didn't know the song, so I ended up making a mental note. Got to find out what that song is, and came home to Oakville where I live. And Jim Cuddy, not to drop names, but Jim Cuddy of Blue Rodeo was over at the house. He was going to be playing in Port Credit that night, so he came by. And this mm-hmm. is kind of a funny story. First, I say to him, Poncho and Lefty, you know the song by Willie? Do I know the song? I, I said, Yeah, it's Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard. He's no, it's not. It's Towns Van Zant. Mm. And I said, well, who is Towns Van Zant? He said, you don't know Towns Van Zant? It's not Stephen Van Zant. Uh, he's you know, he's one of the greatest songwriters, the Texas Troubadour, probably the greatest songwriter of all time. And I was amazed to learn that. And uh, so he, he his probably his one hit was a song, If I Needed You, Would You Come to Me? Uh, but you wouldn't know it. Uh, when he got married, he was a raging alcoholic, died at 52, so another broken individual. Mm-hmm. Came from money. Attended Shottuck St. Mary's in Minnesota, the same school that Sidney Crosby and Jonathan Taves and Zach Parisi and a lot of the great hockey players Hmm. go to. He was a football player. I think his first uh, 
bout with mental illness that almost resulted in suicide. He jumped off a, a second floor balcony while he was at high school. Wow. Uh, so he fought it the entire time. He, yeah. uh, when he got married for the first time, his wife said, we went back to the uh, home, our, our beautiful home. We weren't going to honeymoon for three days. And Towns always wrote in this walk-in closet we had. So we've just been married. We've left the reception. We go back, and he goes right into the walk-in closet to write. And I'm thinking he's going to write a beautiful love ballad to celebrate our marriage. Yeah. And he comes out, and the song is called Sitting Around Waiting to Die. Oh, God. And it's a great song. Yeah. Can you believe it? A song like that? Uh, he, he understood the difference between loneliness and aloneness. Um, I remember him being interviewed on French television, and the interviewer says, you know, a lot of your songs, Towns, are dark. Uh, they seem sad. And Towns looked at him, and he just says, uh, you don't think life is sad? God, he, he, he would be uncontrolled, uh, drunk, going on stage. Uh, Chris Christopherson spoke once. Like Steve Earle to this day, Brent, goes around uh, perpetuating the legend. Really? He does tours where he uh, honors Towns Van Zant. He loves him. Uh, buddy Guy loved him. Chris Christopherson loved him. You'll have to explore. If, but on the bright side, I'll spoil the surprise now. One of the vinyl albums I bought to give you is Towns Van Zandt. Oh, thank so you. So you're receiving a nice Towns Van Zandt LP. That's great. Uh, soon. Thank uh, you very but much. So he wrote this song, which is a great, fun song. Like there's a bar in Nashville named Poncho and Lefties. I buy T-shirts for the guy that runs the Moonshine Cafe in Oakville, which is our greatest music spot in Oakville. Mm-hmm. It's a guy named John and his wife Jane who run this great little coffee house hole in the wall. Fantastic place. Tom Cochran's played there. Jim Cuddy, uh, Ed uh, Robertson. One time I brought, so that day that uh, Cuddy explained to me who Towns Van Zant is, I take him to the Moonshine, Moonshine Cafe on Kerr to show him our greatest little music haunt. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the Dakota or the Cameron House or Horseshoe. So I take him there, only smaller, uh, and he walks in and he wants to see who's playing on this Saturday night in the Moonshine Cafe. Yeah. And Kevin Bright is the name of the man playing. And Jim says, Kevin Bright is playing here tonight? He was playing the next night at Massey Hall. He's okay. the guitar player for Nora Jones. And oh. Jim explained Kevin Bright is probably our best guitar player in Canada. So he was playing the Moonshine Cafe, just doing a little run-through for himself before doing a show with Nora Jones at Massey Hall the following wow. night. That's great. So that was the day I learned about Towns Van Zant and Kevin Bright, for that matter. But yeah, Towns, I, I, again, he's sullen. Uh, I, I, there's a movie made of his life. Fabulous movie. Uh, somewhere to hear, I think it is. Yeah, Towns Van Zant. The... Uh, Without a doubt, just the most amazing story. Very much like Jerry Rafferty, uh, underappreciated, broken but beautiful guy. Wow. Well, I look forward to hearing that. Yeah, album. you'll enjoy the album. Definitely. Sure. Uh, Kevin Bright. Does he have a brother named Gary Bright? The br- Don't know Kevin myself. So the, it was Cuddy that knew him. But yeah, I do. I, uh, the only funny Nora Jones story I have is there's a singer named Cecilia Bartolia, an opera singer. Yeah. So when I used to listen to CBC Radio 2 and the Jurgen Goth show, he would put on Cecilia, Cecilia, because it's Italian, Bartoli, and she would do, I don't know, something. And, and then he would say, uh, take that, Nora Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I, I wish I could help you on that. But yeah, I, I don't know Kevin, to be honest. I don't know much of his work. But uh, I do know that Jim Cuddy thinks he's the best guitar player of all. And that's, you know, in Randy Bachman, there's a few of them I would put on that list in Canada. Huh. Yeah, and the reason I ask is because I believe that he has a brother, Gary, and, and one of them played guitar for Corey Hart back in the day. Oh, well, could yeah. be, yeah. And I think they grew up in the Sudbury area, I'm pretty sure. Well, that would be good. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah that would be good for this. So yeah. that's how it works, though. Yeah. You know, we just mentioned uh, Maggie May and Baker Street, so we're, we've Lux on our side. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure they're Sudburyans, yeah. Yeah. All right, next you've got, this is a fantastic song, Brandy, Carlisle, and The Joke. What an amazing vocal performance. Yeah, I I struggled between this and The Story. I don't know if you know The Story. It's also her. Probably The Story is a better song. This may be the one time, so I was saying to you that I didn't want to try to be eclectic and sort of show my, uh, how smart I am. (laughs) Um, This is a song about inclusion. This is definitely a song that speaks to racism and uh, LGBTQ rights. Um, It's a gorgeous song, recent song. Uh, She is an amazing singer. Uh, She plays guitar. I can't think of, uh, you know, I can't think of anyone who's similar. She's got a bit of a crack in her voice that's adorable Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's a good video it's a good music video as well that they did clever but her song The Story is what got me onto her and it's about uh, all of these lines around my face tell you the story of where I've been 
and there's that Maggie May, you know, the sunlight in the morning shows your age. Yeah. So the lines around your face uh, tell you the story of where I've been is a song, uh, the story. You've got to listen to that, too. Okay. They're very similar. They're kind of like uh, the spoken word put to music. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she's uh, she's amazing. Mm. Brandy Carlisle. Brandy is spelled B-R-A-N-D-I, and Carlisle's weird, too. It's C-R-C-A-R-L-I-L-E, no Y. Yeah, she, uh, incredibly powerful voice. Um, this And this just came out this year. Yes, it's a new song. So, uh, it, it you know, she starts, I think her first big hit was The Story. Uh, it wasn't big, obviously, because nobody knew of her. But it should she should be big. I don't know how, I think it's like everything else in music, right? It's hard to have a hit nowadays. Uh, oh, yeah. So yeah. The, the the ones that are kind of one-offs, they don't tend to surface. Uh, you, need, you need to have a, a social media sensation going on where all of your music is revealed at once. Yes. And then you can, uh, you can break. Sadly. But she should break. She should, most definitely. This song reminded me of two other songs that I love by women. Elvis Presley Blues by Jillian Welch. Do you know Jillian Welch? No. Yeah. I'm going to send I'll, you that for because sure, you yeah. will love it, Ron. You will love it. And also Kate Fenner from Bourbon Tabernacle Choir. Do you remember her? Nope. Uh, Another new one for me. New record this Canadian. New record this year. Uh, I can't remember the name of the record, but it's called The Yield, the song. Hmm. It is fantastic. Well, mine mine like that, Brent, would be Rose Cousins, Mm -hmm. Grace. Yep. And I love Kathleen Edwards. Uh, Yes. You know, everything that Kathleen ever did uh, reminds me a little bit of... uh, Kathleen's a more... uh, I mean... When you see Brandy Carlisle, she's an enormous voice, um, a great singer. Um, but as I say, there's kind of a raspiness and a fun, you know, Bonnie Raitt uh, in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen, um, God, her album, Asking for Flowers, uh, everything on it. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that song coincides with what I heard in the, the joke. But the joke is just about, I love the line in this song, which is, uh, people will try and cut you down to size because they don't like the way you shine. Mm. People, they will cut you down to size and tell you that your place is in the middle when they don't like the way you shine. And I love that. They'll tell you your place is in the middle. Mm -hmm. So the middle is like our approach to most of our foreign affairs and most of our uh, nation building for all time. It was about either exclusion or assimilation. You can belong to Canada as long as you go to our residential school and learn to be Canadian. Yeah. (laughs) laughable and this song is that song it is the anthem for that concept really a powerful powerful song and timely obviously yeah folks if you're listening on spotify or youtube definitely check this stuff out it's fantastic i was going to say something about oh kathleen edwards away if i had to make a list right now ron yeah away would be on that list that song is so gritty and so raw yeah that it chokes me up she's uh, such a pistol right she quit she's yeah. back playing a little bit now but she's got a bar in Stittsville Ontario called Quitters because mm-hmm. she kind of got sick of it all she dated Bonnie Vare she had been married to Colin Cripps who she adores but you know it just all the, the bus was uh, hard on her the life was hard on her they, as we know the music business is vicious yeah. uh, so she got sick of the scene and uh, obviously I don't know I'd have to ask Kathleen but I think you know she was certainly probably sitting back watching hashtag me too with a uh, with a, a sense of uh, validation. Um, but she was to play at the All-Star Game in Atlanta, mm-hmm. NHL All-Star Game, and she came out in her Ottawa Senator's sweater. Yeah. And they says, I'm sorry, Kathleen, but we can't have a, our anthem singer be partisan. This is a celebration of all 30 teams in the National Hockey League, and uh, we would prefer you don't wear that Senator's sweater. Yeah. So she went back in the dressing room, and she put on a Saskatchewan Rough Riders T-shirt. <laughs> they didn't know what that was, right? <laughs> so she came out with the S with the grain around it, uh, the wheat, sheet, wheat Chiefs, and uh, so she got away with a Saskatchewan Rough Riders CFL shirt. Because, at the they, because they didn't know. They didn't know. And she, she I love Kathleen, you know, um, I don't know why I like the song. I think it's just called California. It's yeah. off asking for flowers, and it's, uh, you know what I wish? I wish it was just you and me sitting at this corner bar. You could tell me how you are. Uh, and then it's mostly music. It's mostly a great guitar riff. Uh, yeah. You know, she uh, she's great. She's a uh, musician uh, and a brilliant singer-songwriter. She's a chameleon, as she calls herself. Yeah. Yeah, Kathleen Edwards. Sorry, Kathleen, that I chose Brandy Carl. I was thinking about that. You'll see, you've got the, uh, you know, Cole's Notes version of me sketching out what I was going to yeah. play, and you'll see Rose Cousins is there. And uh, again, I was uh, I was terrified I would start to appear like I was picking, you know, 
a woman, a Canadian. Uh, I was trying to check off all the box marks of a, of a well-represented uh, broadcast. But this is not a broadcast. This no. is a this is a from the heart. This is the this is the guts of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the intimacy of her vocals. Yeah. There's oh, Brandy? A, Carlo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You should see, wait till you see the story. Wait till you see the video for the story. But live, live she's better. Because yeah. as, as with anything, once you start, as Carl Dixon taught us, once you start to make it perfect, <laughs> yeah. well, then it loses its sincerity. Uh, it loses its heart. Yeah. But, and, and, the, and the truth of, uh, like Petty said, and I think many others know, the secret to music is, is that if you trust the singer, you will trust the song. Yes. And it's easy to see in Brandy Carlisle, especially in live performance, uh, why she can get away with these uh, songs that are uh, a bit preachy, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, very necessary. That, that, you know, Patti Smith, who didn't make my list, uh, she's written a lot of beautiful books. Uh, Just Kids is the one I would recommend. Uh, and that's the story of her and Robert Mapletoft, who was an artist who died of AIDS and who, uh, you know, he, his last line to her was, uh, did art get us, Patti? Did art get us they were a great duo and uh, patty knew you had a social responsibility but patty also knew we're rock and roll here so you know Mm. i don't want to beat you over the head uh, but i'm certainly not going to abdicate the uh, responsibility that being an artist invokes and that is to teach and that is to kind of try and straighten us a little bit everything in moderation including moderation you know so don't be in the middle you swing try to swing a little less violently back and forth that's the key yeah yeah but don't settle on the middle yeah. please find a, a a little bit of a an extreme cuz on the fringes that's where it happens that's right next you have got a classic boston and more than a feeling yeah uh, that's a little bit like Loverboy. First time I heard Loverboy. First time I heard Boston. I was driving down Spring Bet Drive in Red, or yeah, Red Deer, yeah. and I heard it for the first time. And I thought, oh my god, this is absolutely unbelievable. So when we do Rogers Hometown Hockey, the opening show this year in Kitchener, mm-hmm. uh, we'll open with a long time. Brad Delp, of course, is Canadian. So I try, oh. we try to use Canadian singer songwriters. But Brad Delp, the singer for Boston, was uh, from French Canadian immigrants hmm. who moved to New England and. Uh, he had a tragic demise. Yes. Uh, crazy story there. But, uh, well, if you don't know, since this is a podcast, Brad, the original, he thought that it was just depression of uh, mental illness that resulted in suicide. But uh, And it was. Uh, but the story was he was living with his fiance or girlfriend's sister. The sister was living in another room in the place and accused him of having a camera in her room. And... Uh, I don't know, but there was just uh, some crazy stuff going on at the end for poor Brad. And, uh, you know, I, I always think of that song, Peace of Mind, right? Yes. And the, the bitter uh, bitter story there. Uh, he, he, he had a tough go at the end. He, he was definitely suffering from depression, and but God, man, could he sing. And uh, Tom Schultz, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, uh, he was a technician. So it's a little bit against the flow of our conversation of imperfection. This guy was about perfection. He was about mathematics. He was about technical. But he created a, a sound that, while having all that, had soul. So mm. I admired it greatly. I, 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 I love the songs uh, from that album in particular. Um, and I, I was torn between Long Time and More Than a Feeling. And the only reason I selected More Than a Feeling is just the, uh, the opening build. And the opening was the first time I ever heard them. And uh, the rest is history. 1976, I think the greatest year in music. Uh, and they kind of won the day with that one. They certainly did. Yeah, that, that riff is iconic. I remember yeah. as a kid hearing that on the radio and just needing to know who wrote that song. Yes. You know, it was yeah. so catchy and it just grabbed me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know who I really admire is uh, Brad Wheeler from the Globe and Mail. I don't know if you've ever read any of his stuff. He's no. a music critic. Uh, and he just wrote about Boston recently. I don't know if there was uh, some kind of a reunion tour that prompted it, but for whatever reason, he wrote about Boston's seminal album. And uh, as I said, Schultz got a lot of criticism for being, uh, you know, a, a bit too clinical for music's good. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yet uh, Brad Wheeler explained how it did connect. Uh, it did reach us and reached us deeply. Boston, you know, uh, just... Would have loved to have seen them. Never did. That, that's yeah, uh, one no, of my regrets. Yeah. 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 Although, again, I don't know if they could have replicated. You know, they, they, I, they, I don't think so because I think that Tom Schultz or 
he did that whole record in his basement. That's right. The first it's all the glaring, right? You know, like yeah. whatever Daniel Lanois did, Schultz did just a little ahead of him. Yeah. He would loop uh, and use, you know, multiple tracks on everything to yeah. create a, we used to call it, in, in, when I was in radio, we used to be able to take on an Ampex tape machine, uh, two, two machines, and then run them simultaneously and create what was called phasing. It was a sound that was almost like it would, uh, and that that actually done right was uh, very effective, and it's kind of what Boston did Hmm. with some of their work in a long time, uh, especially in the prelude. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, it was phasing. Uh, It was just playing the same song, but twice, Uh, and when it happens twice, I don't know why it happens, somebody far more expert in music would know, uh, it tends to phase, and that makes a really cool sound. That production is is shimmering. Like yes. It's almost clinical. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's why that song. Big year. Big, and, and again, it takes me to the Spring Bet Drive in Red Deer and the DJ, you know, when they tell you that you're going to love this. Oh, sure I am. Just put it on. And then, oh, yes, <laughs> you were right. <laughs> yeah, you were 100% right. Talking Heads, what a day that was. Tell yeah. me about this one. That's, uh, I love David Byrne. So the Talking Heads... Uh, my, my ritual, not so much lately, I don't seem to have as many nights where I get to sit and uh, play music and drink the night away, but um, my go-to uh, DVDs, you know, when I was doing that, now I'm inclined to use Apple TV and just flip around with yeah. uh, Google and YouTube, etc. But in the day when I had to rely on a DVD or a, sting, a Blu-ray, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I would put in David Byrne was number one go-to. Yeah. Uh, Neil Young, Russ Never Sleeps nice. was definitely number two on the list. David Byrne, uh, the, the movie Stop Making Sense was Jonathan Demme, and it was done in 1983 in uh, Los Angeles, California, and uh, I think the Hollywood Bowl, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, they did three nights in a row. I, I would say the greatest DVD of all time is The Last Waltz by the band, mm. and then this is the second greatest DVD, musical DVD of all time, concert production DVD. Mm-hmm. Demme had them do three nights of performance, and the way the concert worked was they would start with a song, and it would just be David Byrne solo with his acoustic guitar and then uh tina weymouth the bassist came out and joined him for the second song which is heaven and then the drummer francie would come up brian francie i want to say but don't i'm not sure of that uh he came out for the third song and it builds right this way so they keep moving instruments and musicians onto the stage and it's only at the sixth song that they uh finally have everybody and when they finish that song David Byrne turns to the crowd and says, anybody have any questions? And he was just so good the way he did that. <laughs> and the 10th song is uh, What a Day That Was. Yeah. Uh, and it's him with a kind of a flashlight under your chin uh, horror thing that we all did as kids. And, campfire. Uh, yeah, the yeah. campfire horror face. Um, and that, and the way the song is cut with the background singers and the bassist Weymouth, um, they, they were inducted into the Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the guy who did the induction for David Byrne and the Talking Heads was Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Pepper. Wow. By the way, David Byrne is the guy chosen to induct David Bowie. So that just tells you how great uh, David Byrne and the Talking Heads are. If mm-hmm. Bowie chose them, you know. And what Anthony Kiedis said about David Byrne when he inducted him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, you know why I loved uh, being a Talking Heads fan? I loved being a Talking Heads fan because it made me feel smart. Hmm. They made me feel smart. Uh, and, and he went on at great length to explain that. You can Google it. Uh, it's like one of my great thrills, Brent, was when Lars Ulrich and the Metallica was honored. Yeah. And they went backstage, and for the interview, he said, it's great to go in, but now we just got to work on getting Bachman Turner Overdrive, BTO, he called them. He said that? He said, now we got to work on getting BTO in the Hall of Fame. Wow. And that was a high, high, high praise. Do you know that he was a Streetheart fan? I can Lars believe it. Ulrich. Well, you know. I mean, that's Loverboy and Streetheart. I, 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 like I said, uh, meanwhile, back in Paris is just out there as the greatest one of the greatest yeah yeah he was a big streetheart fan and knew his uh late 70s canadian rock yeah liked well there you go that's why he loved well uh, so kenny shields was the singer of course of streetheart uh i love that band too uh one more time yeah you know they were bop uh, they were bop um they did under my thumb of course as a cover of the stones and they did a few other great covers but Uh, They were an amazing band. And the other thing about Bachman Turner Overdrive, when I was a child, I was uh, 1974, 14 years old. I was at my friend's house in uh, Red Deer, Monroe Crescent, 16 Monroe. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was upstairs getting changed, and I was listening to the stereo, and on comes Robert Lamb and Pete Satira of Chicago. And they said, 
There's a new album out by a band in Canada called Bachman Turner Overdrive. The album's not fragile, and I just want people to know it's the greatest rock and roll album ever. Wow. This is Robert Lamb at Pizza Tier of Chicago. And really? I'm in Canada, you know, and I got to, I always lived vicariously through the compliments of our Canadians. Like, I shouldn't. I hate nationalism, but who can't get wrapped up in a flag and enjoy it yeah, once in a while? <laughs> so that was a neat thing. And, uh, yeah, for sure, uh, to, to hear that endorsement by uh, Ulrich of the band was great. But David Byrne and the Talking Heads are, he's written a book called How Music Works. I have all his stuff that he's written too, like the, motor, or the motorcycle, the bicycle diaries. Uh, how music works. Uh, it's, it's just a great insight into the crucible. Thank you, God. I was looking for that word, the crucible. <laughs> he says, once you've entered the crucible uh, of music, he says, you have to decide, do I want to just sit and look out at the sea or do I want to hear a good story? Well, why not have both? Mm-hmm. And that's music. You know, wow. it captures the notion of just staring out at the sea and also the story that, you know, you need to reflect on. So he's... Byrne is amazing. David Byrne is uh, still going strong. His new song, uh, Everybody's Coming to My House, just out. Like mm. three months ago, he produced a great new song, Everybody's really? Coming to My House. I didn't mention, by the way, with uh, we're going to get to Tom Petty anyway on this list. Uh, but Tom's got a new song, Keep a Little Soul, which is just out as part of an anthology coming out called uh, American Treasure, September 28th. But anything, if you haven't got David Byrne in your repertoire, it's very Bowie. It's very uh, always creative and modern. Um, it's just gold. Yeah. On Stop Making Sense, they actually do a nice little cover of uh, Genius of Love by Tom Tom Club, which is yes. pretty cheeky. Yeah. The Tom Tom Club, is, <laughs> you know, he loved them, of course. And uh, he, he's Baltimore uh, raised. And uh, and she was is one of my favorites by the Talking oh, yeah. Heads. Yeah. Just he, he's uh, he, and he's so quirky. Right. He he doesn't fit. The, he's like Anne Murray, bless her heart. not much of a dancer. You know, that's yeah. not the point of it all. You're not supposed to necessarily be a dancer. David's got some rhythm in his way he moves around, but it's very, uh, he's like Steve Martin in the movie The Jerk. He's just not <laughs> quite in rhythm. <laughs> and it's uh, precious to see. Uh, so I loved him. And I, I know I, I saw him in that uh, 83 movie, uh, Stop Making Sense, and he's dark hair and young. And I mean, honestly, he was gray shocking great like myself within 15 to 20 years uh i think he just aged from he's like hamlet he perished of thinking too well mm-hmm. uh brilliant guy yeah brilliant guy david byrne yeah uh that was a segue into tom petty earlier yeah. so so the next song here is uh swinging which i love isn't it a great song yeah. yeah it's a great video too and it's great i was so blessed to go to see him in baltimore by the way i've, I've invoked god here several times and blessing i sound like i'm a I'm not knocking religion, but I'm not really a religious guy. It's just, who do you turn to? I don't know who else uh, when I'm lost for a word. Um, Petty, I went to see in Baltimore three weeks before he died last summer. I have explained I went for my 50th birthday to see him. I I am a huge fan and uh, devotee is the word. And uh, sitting at the concert in Baltimore, he introduces he's going to play Swingin'. Mm. And it's not a common song. He rarely plays it in concert. He actually, he had an album out in 1999 called Echo, right after his divorce from his first wife, right after the bassist, Howie Epstein, had died, in the darkest period of his life. He had a bad situation where he was upset, crashed his hand uh, on a glass tabletop. So he, he was going through a horrible stretch in his life. And in that horrible stretch, in those doldrums, he produced Echo, the album that has the song Room at the Top, which was used at this year's Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. He has uh, the song, the title song, Echo is Beautiful. He has a song called... Uh, won't last long is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, you know, you and I have been over this ground, over this ground before. It's about getting over things. He has a song called Free Girl Now, I was just which say, would definitely be an song. anthem for the Me Too movement. You know, it's yes. just about, a, you know, the abuse that women have to endure. And uh, yeah. And then I chose this song because it's, uh, it's a groove. You know, if, if nothing about Tom Petty is uh, known, it's that he understood it was all stolen from uh, African-Americans. Uh, uh, rock and roll is... Uh, is basically soul music, right? It's uh, as much as he loved rhythm and blues. Uh, it, it's an homage to the actual vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great song, uh, and I love the notion of the woman that uh, went down swinging. There's a lot of respect for women in this album, Echo. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, she went down swinging like Tommy Dorsey. She That's went right. down swinging like Sonny Liston. Um, it's defiance. Yes. It's uh, and it's kickass. It's just such a great building 
piece of music. And uh, he includes in his video the musicians, Steve Ferroni's in there, Ben Montanche's in there, they're all in there, Scott Thurston. And to see him perform it live, back-to-back, actually, he played it with uh, Don't Come Around Here No More. Mm. Uh, but to see that in Baltimore last year, and honestly, Brent, when he thanked the band, he died uh, three weeks later of his uh, apparent you know, painkiller overdose um, or addiction. Mm-hmm. Um he thanked the band that night. Uh, it had to last 15 minutes. Oh, thank really? you. And honest to God, I oh, there I go again. I often think he knew he was on his way out. Um, really, it was a it was a thank you that was more than just your routine cursory acknowledgement. Wow. Uh, and I, I he came around. He explained a little bit about each member. Of the it finally ended with Mike Campbell, his lead guitar player, and he just says, you know, Mike and I go back to Gainesville, Florida, and Mud Crutch. And I met Mike, and I remember the first time I heard him play. I said, you. Mike Campbell, <laughs> you are going to be in my band for a long, <laughs> long time. It turned out to be 40 years on the nose. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So swinging Tom Petty. There's a, He's the one. I was going to wear my Tom Petty. I, I was going to have T-shirts. I got a ton of them, but I was off doing another thing with Brent before I rolled in, so I'm in a yeah. white dress shirt and dress pants. I don't <laughs> belong in a music occasion. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, swinging by time. And Matt Mays, we were doing hometown hockey in uh, Truro, and uh, I mentioned I wanted to hear that song, and he did it for me. Oh wow! He played it at a piano. He did the keyboard part, uh, and he sang. So I've actually listened in Truro, Nova Scotia, to Matt Mays sing "Swinging" by Tom Petty, and wow. he was thrilled that I knew the song and loved the song. And wow, that's always high praise when a fellow musician gets that excited. Yeah, for sure. No, you know, I remember when Echo came out. And I think it was 1999. Um, and those two songs were singles, Free Girl Now and Swingin', I think, came out first. But we used to play them around the, the campfire because we, we love both those records yeah. or both those singles. And, and I, I thought, you know, still Tom Petty, decades after, you know, Damn the Torpedoes, can still jam so much groove and feeling into a song, you know? Well... I listened to Channel 31 on Sirius XM Radio, uh, and it's the Tom Petty channel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he's the Traveling Wilburys, and he's got his other band, Mud Crutch. But the sheer volume of what he produced is... Yeah. Uh, it, uh, and the other thing about Tom is that, I mean, he obviously, I think his major influence was the birds. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a show called Buried Treasure that airs daily. He insisted on this show being on his channel, and it's his uh, sort of collection of uh, influences. Yeah. Uh, and it's an educational show. He teaches you about why this music... He's like Randy Bachman with Vinyl Tap. He's such a student of it. Uh, and he was so humble about it. He hated interviews. There's a couple of books out, uh, Conversation with Tom Petty, and wanted not to be... Uh, he hated the media. Yes. He hated the whole idea of interviews. But there, there again, I kind of loved him for it, right? I just felt like his focus was solely on the groove, yeah. solely on the vibe. And uh, and I don't know... He doesn't know where it came from that he could continue to create over and over. I mean, he went out with Hypnotic Eye and uh, that went to number one, you know, so uh, American Dream, Plan B. Uh, You know, the songs I love, Learning to Fly, obviously, I love that. Some say life may bring you down, break your heart, steal your crown. I love a lot of the hits and Swingin' was a a mild hit, uh, but uh, ahead of even, you know, anything from Breakdown to Refugee in the early going to uh, the later Monsters, which were, uh, you know, from Running Down the Dream, uh, from Full Moon Fever, Running Down the Dream. There again, you know, Del Shannon, he mentions Del Shannon. Yeah. So his respect for the music was uh, was just so apparent that it was like karma that he continued to produce. Agree. Next, this is funny. So this is a song that you apologized for including on your bad, list. Yeah. Really However, sorry. no, you know what? I get, a, I get a funny story about this song. So I typed it and I thought, this could be a song that I've, I, I'm actually familiar with. And I was. Dominica, Nika, Nika. This is a song. It's an old folk song that my grandmother used to sing to me when I was a kid. That's it. Well, that's why I've got it on the list. It I, was my mother, not my grandmother. <laughs> but it was uh, it was the song that, uh, you know, so like Tara Sloan's father, Eric, uh, says Tara was singing Ba Ba Black Sheep at one and a half. Okay. She would get up in front of a crowd and sing. So that's how she kind of got the bug. And... Uh, my mother, Lila, uh, loved music. She would. She, I remember one of the funny scenes. Uh, she used to watch everything musical. We had Juliet and Don Messer's Jubilee and the Tommy Hunter Show and anything that had to do with music. Glenn Campbell. Mom was in front of the television. She loved Glenn. Uh, sorry, she loved uh, John Allen Cameron because she was a Cape Bretoner. Mm-hmm. She loved Catherine McKinnon's version of the song Dominique, which we're talking about. Um, 
but she would roar into the TV room on Sunday evening at 5 o'clock to watch him sing, which was all gospel and Christian music. Yeah. Not a bad thing, because that's often the staple of uh, you know, great rock and roll. Yeah. But I remember my mom coming in one time to see uh, him sing. It's a church show. And uh, she comes in to take over the TV. I'm done with afternoon football, and now she gets it. And she clicks it on, and it's already started. She, oh, I missed the start of him sing. Shit. You know, just to hear her swear, you know, about a church show struck me as funny. But but this was, she would sing it endlessly, and I would sing it endlessly, Brent. When I was young, I sang. I uh, did the Little Drummer Boy at my grade one recital, and then I had a teacher in Halifax, Randy Hahn, yep. who uh, would take me for lessons, private lessons, uh, in the school auditorium uh, after school. Yep. Uh, and I sang Dominique, Nika, Nika, endlessly like yeah. as a child. It was, uh, it was sort of the first one that infiltrated my uh, DNA yeah. and uh, turned me on to music. So, but the story is quite tragic of uh, Dominica. Mm. It was released. She was a Belgian nun. Her name, she was the Singing Nun. Oh, I should know her name, but I uh, don't think I could come up with it right off the top of my head. Uh, she released the song in 1963, the week after John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Mm. And America was... Uh, just dying for a little good news, dying for something happy to hang their hat on. And this flowery little song was the answer to their pain. And it shot to number one in December of 1963, so Kennedy's late November assassination. And it stayed there for four weeks. And then Bobby Vinton had a number one, and then the British wave happened, the British invasion. So the Beatles take over with I Want to Hold Your Hand, and they don't let up for like five years. (laughs) They and the Stones and other British artists own the charts. But that song, uh, so it was a very powerful hit in 1963, December. Uh, She was gay. Uh, she had a lover, a gay a fellow nun. Mm-hmm. Uh, they fell into a bit of difficulty later in life, and she was broke, uh, destitute, and she died of mental illness. Uh, oh. She died of suicide. Um, and she wrote a beautiful uh, letter at the end explaining why she and her partner were ending their lives. And she hoped that the Pope and Jesus would understand and would grant them clemency for the strain of what they had been through. And uh Hmm. I always associate uh, that her song being the moment America kind of healed after John F. Kennedy uh, with the tragedy of her death uh, years later. Uh, And I just remember the lightness of the song and how it meant so much to me as a kid. And I associated with mom singing it endlessly and playing Catherine McKinnon's version was a little bit of a mild hit in the Maritimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's the song that mom, she was the one who gave me my love of music. It was that song, like you and your grandmother, uh, that made it for me. So that's why I had to put it on the list. And uh, it's it's my Mary Had a Little Lamb or any song, you know, like that. It's incredible how those songs resonate with you after all this time. Yeah. Right? And how special they can be. Yeah. I actually listened to the entire thing last night. Yeah. It's catchy. You know, uh, done uh, with the right instrumentation it could actually be a hit uh it's it's a very beautiful little riff yeah um and and but in the day she did it it was uh it was just timing it was perfect timing and uh the idea of a singing nun you know we turn to uh religion mm-hmm. uh when we're in a we we, we need an answer right at, at a certain juncture along the way and that's why that song was uh was so popular in 1963 but yeah, it was good in the shower too. It was a it was a fun yeah. fun song to just take with you. Uh, it was on your way to the shower. Yeah. All right, sir. We have one more. This is it. It is Blue Rodeo and Lost Together. An excellent finish for you. Well, that's uh, again uh, just the, the concept of we're not here to see through each other. We're here to see each other through. Lost Together is a song about. Uh, you know, being there in the dark times. And uh, I feel bad not selecting, first of all, I apologize to Jim Cuddy, who is uh, probably a closer friend. I've kind of been lucky enough to get to know Blue Rodeo, the whole band. Uh, and I I admire the two lead singers so much. And Jim, you know, Pull Me Through by Jim Cuddy on his solo work. It's probably my favorite song by Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Greg wrote this. Uh, this follows Five Days in May um, as, a, as a fantastic LP. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and the song, when I wrote my book, uh, Cornered, which is my sort of little bit of a biography, I'm too old or too young to write my <laughs> entire biography, That's right. but I wanted to write a song about uh, Poncho and Lefty I referred to earlier. I wanted to write about Don Quixote and Sancho Panza. The Cervantes book, Don Quixote, is about conversation and the partnering and uh, surviving all the fiascos that they went through, trying to be errant knights and saving damsels in distress. And Greg Keeler 
whether it's glad to be alive, I don't know why, but uh, he has that Bob Dylan uh, ability to just draw me in. And uh, so when, when I wrote my my memoir or biography, I my opening liner is for my wife Carrie. This mm-hmm. is the song for my wife Carrie for all the the times that we have been through together. Uh, you know, like any life, highs and lows. Uh, and she is, of course, uh, my rock. And so, uh, you know, if we are lost, then we are lost together. You know, and uh, just such a beautiful premise, right? Yes. Uh, that, you know, you don't have to be whatever you have. Uh, you hope that it's enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great song in concert. Blue Rodeo has always been one of the best bands for promoting other acts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not common. I was talking to a coach uh Sunday night in the NHL, he said, you know, we used to have coaching uh, seminars and share secrets, and it just doesn't happen anymore. The stakes are so high, nobody shares anything. So you're kind of in a bubble, and you're kind of in your own, in a cutthroat world. Mm. Uh, But Blue Rodeo would always share their stage, and when they ended a concert, they always brought whoever the opening act was back up to sing. Oh, and almost always it's lost together that they do as their swan song. Wow. And uh, to see him give so many young artists, Greg and Jim, give so many young artists uh, an opportunity. And, yeah, that song is just, uh, it goes back to a time when I was uh, sort of scrambling a little bit. And uh, it just hit me right between the eyes. Uh, and, you know, Jim, we had we had the band over after a performance on New Year's Eve in Calgary one night. I invited them to a, my room at the Palliser, and I got an upgraded room, and I got some sausages from a great place in Calgary, Spalombos, and I uh, had the kitchen cook up about 400 smoked sausages, and, and I invited the band to come to the room, and they came one at a time, Jim first, and I had Let It Be by the Beatles ready oh. to go because that's Jim. Jim is, everything's the Beatles with Jim. Uh, and then uh, when Greg walked in, I had Dylan queued up. Uh, so you know, those are the kinds of things That's I great. love to do, right? Yeah, for That's awesome. That for you two of the greatest influences. They're 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 for me. Uh, you know, they're what haven't they won? So that everybody knows who they are, and they're yeah. beloved for um, for doing what you need to do, and that is just uh, performing in people's basements and performing in uh, Massey Hall and performing in uh, major theaters like the Budweiser stage, mm-hmm. where they rocked again. This you know. Well, I'm going to see them uh, in a few nights here at the Budweiser stage. So, Lost Together. It's uh, one of a billion Blue Rodeo songs I could have selected, but uh, that's the one. Yeah. Well done. So, I have one question for you. When are we going to tackle the next 20? Well, I like, uh, is your book idea a secret? Probably it is. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I better not say, yeah, Mm -hmm. because that'll get stolen. Uh, The next 20 is coming. Yeah, you you tell me when you want, and uh, for sure I will... I mean, I can't even believe I did a Canadian. I did nine of the 20 songs were Canadian. No Neil Young, no Bachman Turner Overdrive, no Guess Who, no Joni Mitchell. I mean, no Gordon Lightfoot. Uh, I'll be lucky if I'm allowed to talk music ever again. <laughs> so, but that's the way it goes, right? You will always be allowed to talk music here, yeah. my friend. Thank you, Brad. All the time. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate the time that you've taken. This has been an absolute pleasure for me. It really has. Me too. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Yeah, cheers. This has been Brent Jensen, and no sleep till Subway. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Subway, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.